Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. I'm Shannon Feltis. I'm Bonnie Dutch. And this is You You Are Are That. That. We are two sisters who cannot take a compliment. And we won't, but we'll give them out. We can have some. We have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Pockets. Pockets. Pockets full. But only if you deserve them. Yes. All right. We have a remote episode coming your way. Which means your brain at some point is going to say, hey, this sounds a little different. Let your heart tell your brain, hell yeah, it does. And I'm into it. guest for this episode is not just a talented household name actor you may have seen him in some pretty incredible roles like I don't know if you love Lost as much as I did or if you're a Lord of the Rings fan he's a ray of sunshine in your social media feed with his daily positivity show that he's doing this is a Dominic Monaghan thank you so much for joining us today we are over the moon to meet with you hey what's up guys it's nice to chat with you too hi (laughs) I'm I'm pretty excited how how would you describe yourself you know they don't have a tv they've never been to the movies yeah maybe they don't believe in the internet I don't know how they found us but tell them (laughs) who you are gosh that's a tough one right because I think we all have our own perspective of who we are and then when you're hanging around with people who know and love you, they, they bring up things where you're like, oh, wow, I had no idea that that's what you thought, you know. But um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember years ago sitting around a table with three of my closest friends and we had all had a few drinks and we were playing this game where we would write down an element of the person's personality to our right and then fold the paper and pass it to our right. So by the time it came back to us, there were four things that had been written about us that we then read out and had a conversation about. And Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And I was the only person that got four of the same words. <laughs> Wait, actually three. So it'd be three. <laughs> and then I, I did my own thing. And the three words that were the same were intense. And I was like, oh, wow, oh. guys, let's let's talk about this. Let's unpack so, that, yeah. <laughs> I like, I've always been very 
passionate about the things that I stand for and I believe in. I have a huge amount of energy. And when I'm into something, I'm into it, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I, I get obsessed by things. Those obsessions tend to stick around for quite a while. I do deep dives into most things that I'm into. And my big fear in life is kind of mediocrity and apathy. I don't really mind if people love me or hate me, but the middle ground where people like, oh, I don't really know who that guy is. I don't really know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. They're indifferent to your presence. Indifference is something that I've struggled with. And that's my own egoic insecurity based on being ignored or being seen, you know? So I think I just live my life in a way that's like, this is what I'm into. Are you guys into it too? If not, that's cool, but maybe my my enthusiasm can be infectious. And then, I don't know, in terms of an actor, I really don't know. I, I, I watched a film of mine that just got finished that was the kind of unlocked picture was sent to me. And um, I don't know. I think I'm at an interesting crossroads with my acting where I'm just like, okay, I've been acting now for 25 years. I've seen what I can do. I, I know there's certain things that I can just make work and I have strengths in certain areas. I'm getting a little complacent maybe with just my mm-hmm. ability to just do that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now kind of looking at things that stretch that muscle because as an actor you know we are involved in an artistic field it might not be as classically artistic as being a painter or being a sculptor or 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 a poet but we are in the artistic field and if you're not pushing yourself artistically and you're staying still that's the same as apathy or mediocrity Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. in that form so i'm at a little bit of a crossroads with that and that's that's fine um because you're aware that you're going to push through the other side at some point you know as far as your intensity goes do you feel like you saw yourself previously in acting kind of taking that intensity and that obsessive nature and becoming the thing because you were like so into it is that something that like you still feel or you're watching yourself back and going well I want to do that different next time yeah you want to try to flex a new muscle I like how you worded that actually Mm -hmm. stretching it it is like a muscle yeah I think it's growing up my my acting heroes I mean my all-time acting hero is Robert De Niro I think Robert De Niro from from, Mm -hmm. just just in terms of my own personal preferences will go down as the greatest cinema actor Ever. He can do anything. He can do anything. And he's so transformative. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of generations now that are like, oh, the guy from Meet the Parents, you know, no, oh, no, 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 The guy from Taxi Driver, the guy from yes, Godfather. Yes. So in, he's incredibly versatile. He jumps into his roles. He's very method. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think probably the drive for me when I was younger was less along the lines of I want to turn into a transformative actor like Gary Oldman or like Anthony Hopkins or like Robert De Niro, although I do greatly admire those people. The drive was I'm going to be an actor because where I came from in England, you know, in Manchester, being an actor is kind of like being a a race car driver or an astronaut. It's just not (laughs) something that that people do, you know, so that, that motivational drive, that, that single mindedness was less along the lines of when I become an actor, I'm going to be this type of actor. It's just, I'm going to be an actor because it just wasn't done. I was, I was the first kid at my school to take 
acting at a higher level of education. No, no boy had done that before. It was all girls, girls, girls. And I was like, no, I, I want to be an actor. Let's do this, you know. <sighs> so I think that's the real drive. And then once I became an actor and once I started to do it for a living, the drive then is to try and get the roles that, that do challenge you, that, that are difficult to take. But it's an incredibly competitive industry. And there is an element of like a frustrating element of it's not necessarily all up to me in terms mm-hmm. of the roles that are offered and the roles that are given to me. And I mean, I, you know, I won't get into the specifics of it, but I read a script that a friend of mine wrote a while back. I, I read this script on Friday night. So I said to my agent, mm. I know the director, I know the writer, I know the producer. I really like this role. Why don't we push for this role? Because this is perfect for me and I really like it. But I can hear in the reservation of his replies mm. that this is a political thing where they're going to probably go for 15 or 20 people before me to see if they want the role. Mm. And then they'd come to me. So then you think, well, if I'm the 20th person offered the role, why would I take it? I want to be the first person. You want to be the first person they thought of when they wrote that they thought of you. Like that's what feels really good as an actor, I bet. Right. Which has happened a couple of times in my career, but it's not that often. And, you know, it's very political, my job. I love my job. I love what I do. There's there's an extraordinary amount of politics and and nepotism and who you know and who you Mm -hmm. don't know. and. I find it fascinating. You know, I'll see people every so often on the street that will talk to me about a previous role that I did and they'll say, oh, you're still working. And I, I always be like, yeah, what, what do you think I'm doing? You think Why are I'm just you surprised? Like, yeah, That's I'm rude. Just, I'm just like, uh, so I, I laugh and joke with them. I'm like, no, nah, I'm all washed up now, man. That's it. Like, <laughs> I'm only going to be alive for another 45 years. So I'm just going to chill. You're just going to ride that out and just be that no, guy. No, you got you to age into... <laughs> Just, oh, yeah. you know, fine wine. I wish there was an app and there might be, and I'm just so out of the loop, but you know, that app bands in town, Yeah, you can sign up for all your favorite bands and it literally like alerts you like, Hey, they got a new album out. Hey, they yeah. just started a new tour. There needs to be something like that where like actors? I'll fall in love with like a young up and coming actress and like two things and be like, gosh, I love her. She's so relatable. And I'll forget about her for like a decade and then find an old movie and be like, Oh, she was still making movies in that whole thing where I dipped out Oh, as that's a consumer. A really brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, so and so has a new role. And you're like, I would never have saw that coming. That's great. And if I like a person, I will literally watch everything yeah. they've made, Agreed. even if it's like Rotten Tomatoes, ten percent. Everyone Same. hated it. And I'm like, let's see why they hated it. Let's, you know, let's dig in. Yeah, if you support an actor, you should support them all the way through. Good, bad, you know? or otherwise. And it's weird when people say, Oh, you know, they're rubbish now. You're like, no, no, they're not rubbish no. now. They were just involved in a rubbish project. You don't go from being very very talented to then to be being not. bad you know you've yeah. just been involved in a project that didn't work out it, it wasn't what they thought it was it was going to be you know so- see that's a really good point say somebody worked for apple and then they quit their job and went to another job where they worked at a really crappy corporation you don't decide oh they're a shit person because they don't work at apple anymore that's yeah. not how yeah. that works right yeah. Yeah. Job. Oh, i love this that we're sitting down and talking today because this is an interview that's been about a year in the making from hopeful invite when I I kind of threw out an invitation to you on Instagram last year. Last because, year. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is last year. So here's wow. the crazy thing. I looked at the date of when I sent that to you because Bonnie and I were going to Los Angeles to visit some friends and interview some people that we know and love down there. And I messaged three other people that I follow on Instagram that I find very inspirational, that I admire, that are in a position where maybe they have something to say that lots of other people might want to hear. And you are one of those people. And I just threw it out there like, he's got a lot going on, I'm sure. And he's probably very busy, but I think he's fabulous. I'd love to talk to him and didn't think much more about it. We went down to Los Angeles, did our stuff, came home. The world's gone on for a year. And then I got a message from you and I was like, shut the fuck up. This is fantastic. And I was so excited. And then we talked on the phone and it was like kismet, better timing actually, because I've been following along with your show that you're doing whenever you have time and when you feel like it. I like it. (laughs) You're like daily. You know what? I do what I do when I do it. But I love how wild and silly you are sometimes. I love how deep and real introspective you are. I think lots more people need to see that to make their quarantine slash prolonged pandemic much less painful. Yeah, we're, we're in a funky spot for sure. Right? It's a strange time for the human consciousness. I love your show. To me, it feels sort of like a highly relatable super quick video diary yeah yeah i just need to get it out and like how healthy is that and you're sharing it with people little stream of consciousness i just you know social media has its great gifts and pros and cons and benefits and it can also be a hive of negativity at times Mm -hmm. and i was fully aware that when this this virus i mean when it was happening in southeast asia i think to be fair to the so many other countries we didn't seem to really be that bothered people were like oh there's a virus in china there's a virus in korea it started to sweep through western europe and now lots of other countries including the country that we lived in woke up and then it obviously came over to us once there was that first initial shock of the massive amount of cases in new york on the east coast moving through the country at a rapid rate I just picked up on this incredibly loud, strong, fast-moving, negative narrative of the world is ending, we're all going to die, there's going to be no electricity, there's going to be no power, there's going to be looting, we're going to be eating rats, the, the public transport's going to go down. It just became like a, a, a very kind of nihilistic negative mm-hmm. narrative and i was frustrated by the idea of like guys it's us we create the narrative we create the world we live in of course it's going to be challenging and there's going to be things that we're going to do but feeding into this kind of clickbait hysterical narrative of here's a piece of bad news oh my god i have an even bigger piece of bad news to top that bad news what about this piece of bad news and now here comes murder hornets and now here comes (laughs) the death of this person and now here comes these hospitals and these dead bodies and now there's hoaxes and i was just like guys this is happening it's important for us to be aware of what's happening but there's actually what's occurring and then there's the negative black holes that we can all move into that we're feeding ourselves. And then there's the solution. Let's talk about the solution. Let's talk about the mindset. Let's talk about the fact that this idea on the TV of the news, which is not the news, that's just a bias of news that, that a channel is bringing into your 
vision so that they can keep you watching their channel. That's not the news. You know, your news is I woke up this morning and I realized that I don't have any milk, so I have to go to the shop. That is your news. Your news is not the status of the president and his COVID situation. It can be, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't need to violently impact what you were intending to do on your Sunday. If you were going to walk the dog, go grab milk, do some gardening and watch an episode of Miss Marple, that's the news. It's not (laughs) going to change because someone in Guatemala was struck by lightning. You know, we have to be selective over what type of news we bring into our world. Thank you. Shannon and I both have people in our lives where we're trying to think positive. We're trying to look for the future. We're trying to look forward to something. We are both the type of people that we need something on our calendar to be looking forward to, to feel that drive and to feel that excitement of waking up and to feel good about something. So when everyone around us turns into doomsday, And that's all they want to focus on. And we try to be like the turnaround gals of, well, though, did you see this baby? This baby has a tutu and the dog jumped on it. It's hilarious. (laughs) Like we try to like keep it light. We try to talk about childhood stuff. We just want to have a great time. And we have some very uh, strong roles in our life that are okay, well, cute baby and a dog, but did you read this? Did you hear? Mm. Did you? And I'm like, you're literally on the you know social media right now mm-hmm. reading your quote unquote news and I love you, but I just need a TV timeout. I just yeah. need to not be in all that because I need to feel something for myself Yeah, and that's okay. I can feel happy that the sun's outside still knowing that there's fires burning you know and exactly and that your your outlook is exactly what we need i'm like i need i need to shake some people and just say like hey that news what's the thing is um think globally act locally yeah i'm sure yeah we can think about the world but also let's think about like how we could just clean the house and open the windows and make it smell pretty and let's start here and make our little world a comfortable cozy place right and then reach out and see what's the solution yes the world's on fire but what can we do about it yeah it has to all begin with you and also you are doing something about it by creating the narrative of positivity i think it's it's very easy to be dismissed this this stance of positivity lots of people consider it to be kind of fickle and what's right. that word that Tom Cruise threw at Matt Lowry? Glib. That it's glib, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's it's not it's not glib. It's not that it's not you sticking your head in the sand and saying, I don't care about the bad news, I'm planting sunflowers, I'm drinking freshly squeezed orange juice, the world is a beautiful place. You're not unaware of what's yeah. happening. You're not but ignoring it's it. In the same way that people give so much of their power to a negative news feed of like, oh my gosh, this thing's happening in this part of the world. It's very sad. Uh, you know, I feel helpless. I feel like I'm overwhelmed by that piece of news footage. Okay, I can still come to that news footage too and experience those same feelings. But my default setting is to have the perspective of I personally am okay. And in being okay, I might actually be able to do something about the bad piece of news outside of just getting in a hysterical negative state that doesn't help any situation at all you know yeah it doesn't help to be led into the negativity by other people's negativity and i find that i have to really work hard to not fall into the trap of feeling guilty for being joyful with the sun on my skin or how a deep breath makes me feel happy i shouldn't be feeling imposed guilt 
about feeling a joy in a hard time. You have to feel joy to be able to be strong for whoever around you might need it too. You're doing yourself and others a favor by doing that. We get the guilt. It's real bad. Totally. I had a a nephew whose birthday it was a couple of years ago and and it was happening in Manchester, which is a place that gets a significant amount of rain each year. My nephew's birthday is at the end of July. So a person who will remain nameless said to me, it's supposed to rain on your nephew's birthday and we're supposed to have this big, this big party in a, in a park. And I said, okay, well, we don't know if it will rain, but let's come up with a plan of what we do if it rains and then we're covered on both sides. So the plan was we're going to have a party in a, in a park with a whole bunch of his friends. If it rains, we'll go to this pub that has an inside section and there's a little outside section for the kids. So over the course of the next two or three days, this person kept saying to me, but what if it rains? What if it rains? What if it rains? And I was saying... We've already made a plan as to what if it rains. And just speaking to that narrative is just, it's just pointless. It's, it, it holds absolutely no value. So yes. let's deal with it when it happens. You know? I want to uninvite them to all of my parties. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't want that at my party. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie's birthday is at the end of July and we live in Oregon where it rains a shitload. So we can right. completely relate to that narrative. Right. If you dwell in doom, you're kind of doing it to yourself too. It's, it's, yeah. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And I don't think people realize how exhausting it, it is, is yeah. for, other people to have to like always lift you up to get you out of that funk and if you want to be buried in that funk no one's going to lift you up we're all just doing the heavy lifting yeah yeah it makes it harder and positive people are positive but it doesn't mean they have endless amounts of energy to put in your life because they're just trying to like Hang on. Do man. do for themselves first. Mm. Do the, your life mask before you do somebody else's life mask. But if that person doesn't want to take the life mask, we're moving on. You yeah, just got to lead sure. by example, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. You can't let the negative Eeyores in life get you down all the time. Yeah. It must be exhausting to be super negative, though, too. Oh, gosh, it must be horrible. You just must be tired all the time. And that monster, <laughs> that monster inside you, that self-involved <laughs> negative little creature inside you has its own agenda to be mm-hmm. fed. So now when you go outside, let's say you go to the supermarket and you go to buy like a bunch of bananas or whatever all you are seeing is the bananas are too expensive or all the bananas are underripe or all the bananas are overripe <laughs> whereas we go in and we go oh okay the bananas are a little bit more expensive this week i wonder if that means they're tastier oh the bananas aren't uh, aren't ripe cool that means i can freeze some and eat them right. later and that means They'll these guys are, right, right. It's, just, it's just a different way of approaching any situation and i don't think there's any benefit to approach any situation from an initial negative output that's not to say that if you arrive at an event and everyone who's supposed to be at the event arrives three hours later that's not to say that you can't adopt a negative mindset (laughs) of guys you know i've been i've been sat around waiting for three hours how come your time's more important than me that's fine but uh, but driving to the event and thinking these guys are going to be three hours late that doesn't serve anyone, you know? Yeah, there's a difference between predetermined gloom and doom and like real in the moment frustration or actual grief. Right, right. Living negativity is one thing, but trying to just stay upbeat unless you have a reason to really grieve a thing. But Wait, talk about stupid I was going to say, so our goal for this podcast, and I love that you let off with saying, so I hear you have a positivity podcast and that's kind of my thing. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it is. This is going to be great. Part of what we do, we like to make you think about like, what was little Dom like? Mm. I picture you being a wild child personally, but mm. Bonnie, do you want to kick off with your childhood questions? Yeah. We both have like two Me or three. Too. 
that are going to be kind of fun and nostalgic for you. Okay. You remind me of a gummy bear sometimes, <laughs> like in the best way possible. You're just like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh, can I just squeeze some of his energy Bottled and take energy. it as a shot right now? I love right. it. Well, that's cool. But I love everything you talk about. And recently you talked about your love of nature and connecting with it as a form of centering yourself. And you mm-hmm. told a story about seeing an owl, a hawk some swifts and some bats amongst all the wildfire smoke and how it felt like nature was speaking back to you. Mm. Do you tend to have any specific signs from nature or even like certain animals that have repeatedly popped up throughout your life? Um, Well, the nature one is, is a really significant thing for me. I think when I'm looking for guidance or when I'm sad or when I'm in need of a little centering, I always go to nature it's a very reliable source it's it's there you know i mean it's it's obviously struggling and changing and to give it its credit adapting to the things that we are consistently throwing at it but i mean let's not get it overly twisted it's not that nature's going anywhere if we keep messing with it it's that we're going we're somewhere. going totally <laughs> it's gonna carry on it's gonna grow right over yeah, us yeah the fine. trees and the oceans and the plants and the spiders and the ants they're all gonna be here it's just we won't and that's the sad thing and it's it's warning us you know i am a massive fan of insects and always have been well that's not to say i always have been my dad tells a very Funny, funny, at least for me, story of, you know, he's like, well, you were, you were, you know, anytime you saw a wasp or a bee when you were a kid, you, you ran off in the other direction. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm feeding into that negative narrative that my friends in, in the school ground are telling me at that point that, you know, wasps are bastards and they'll chase you down and kill all your family, you know. So we, we, we all go through those changes. But I think the reason why insects became so important for me is I want to have the experience in real time when I want to have it. And it's difficult for you to say, you know, I love bears and then go, right, let's go see a bear. But you can do it if you say, I love spiders or I love beetles or I love ants or I love snails because they're all outside in your garden. So I wanted that immediate gratification. I have a very poor handle on on any sense of patience. I don't like waiting <laughs> for anything, you know. So, I mean, insects are huge for me. Ravens are a massive thing for me. If I'm kind of having like a just a random usually Sunday where I'm just kind of kicking it, I've got nothing to do and I'm just walking around. It's not uncommon for me to use ravens as a signpost as to where I'm supposed to go next, you know. That's same. Same. Mine's like crows and ravens. Bonnie's got a crow thing. They used to follow me around. You use them as as the roll of the dice. If you see one on on a street corner, you're like, okay, I guess I'm walking down to that street corner. I feel like they have that wisdom in them, you know, like they're ancient souls and they know more and they've seen more and they're there to like give us like a wink and a flutter to be Mm -hmm. like, you know what you should do. I'm going to follow you. (laughs) Lead the way. (laughs) Yeah. And there's there's a beautiful kind of mischievous, playful edge to ravens you know mm-hmm. i was i was training in my garden on friday and uh, there was a coyote in my garden just oh. in my garden watching me train just hanging you know? out so just hanging out and i was trying to work out how he got in there because i have relatively high fences but it's clear from, <laughs> from one place to the other but he he was cool i got relatively close to him said hello Ooh. i could see it i could see a change in his body language which was saying hmm, i'm not too comfortable now so i stayed at that distance that's yeah that's the thing with wild animals lots mm-hmm. of people say well they're hard to understand because they don't speak your language i mean they don't speak english but they do speak a language you just need to tune in to that language and a huge amount of that language from them to us that we can understand is 
body language. So if That's you're so watching, true. like let's say that coyote was chill. He was kind of bouncing around on his feet. You could see that as each foot hit the floor, there was a little bounce as if he'd hit like a little kind of mini trampoline. That was his normal movement. And then as I got closer to him and was speaking to him, saying, hey, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? You could see now he's starting to plant his feet. Now he's starting mm. to stick his feet in the ground in case he needs to run. And the big move that he did that made me realize, okay, he's getting a little uncomfortable. He's asking for me to change the way that I'm moving towards him is his mouth was closed. Suddenly his mouth was open. So now he's Uh, taking mouth breaths instead uh, of nose breaths. And when animals take mouth breaths is because they are trying to fill their lungs with as much air as possible so that if they might need it in the not too distant future, they have it. So as soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, okay, buddy, okay. And I took a couple of steps back and then he closed his mouth, which is him saying, I saw that. I saw that you picked up on my communication and now I'm going to tell you that I'm okay with it. So I stood, watched him. He went about his business, ran into the other garden and he was gone. If you pick up on those things, like if that happens over the course of, let's say, a year or two, that animal will eventually realize, okay, I asked this human to do something. He does it. I can now get to a relative point of trust where I can rely on the fact that he's going to do the things that I'm asking him to do. And that's how you get a chance to force yourself closer and closer to wild animals. Okay, so you would love where we are right now, actually, because we are <laughs> we're on the Oregon coast in these tiny houses. And yesterday we found a family it's dog friendly. Oh, that, it, it sounds it's like dog there's friendly. Wolves. Yeah. You talk about coyotes Good and suddenly cute. there's like barking in the back. Right? I don't know. Well, yesterday we looked out the window and we saw a deer well normally when there's a deer there's many deer because this was a little guy and i went out there to get a good photo because that's what humans do is to try to (laughs) capture it on film and prove they saw a deer so i went out there and tiptoed and i noticed the mama deer paused and then kind of hunkered her shoulders hunkered just a little bit lower and she looked at me real square and i realized behind her is two young deer and then ahead of her is a male deer and i was like okay, this is several deer. I'm just going to stand here and take, I'll zoom in on my photo. They're just trying to have breakfast. I'm going to leave them alone. But it's cool because if you watch them, you don't have to trump up like a weirdo and scare them off. Like let them do their thing. It's it's just really beautiful to watch. There's a lot of wildlife here. We saw two herons. We saw a nice mated Mm -hmm. pair. We've been seeing some herons that look like dinosaur size. They're so huge. Oh, that's cool. We're both nature girl scouty. Mm -hmm. We were raised with nature being a thing for our hearts. And we're very snow white about it to where we're like, look at this. (laughs) bird we hold our hand out like come over here bird why does the bird not want to land on me i just want to love the bird we have this whole weird thing i have a thing with squirrels i love squirrels so much i don't even care i don't care if they're naughty i don't care if they ruin my yard this is your yard i like squirrels too my my brother calls them rats with furry tails but i I like them i mean there's no animals that i that i don't like i've always been more impressed with wild animals than i have been with humans to be fair but um you know (laughs) the, the majority of animals out there that you have quote unquote seen have seen you and are allowing you to see them exactly that, right that's the privilege so it's it's a it's a little understanding it's a negotiation where they say okay i saw you half an hour ago i smelt you 45 minutes ago i'm allowing you to see me just so you know if you continue to step further and further into my world i'm then gonna bounce you know so yeah. if you're ever privileged enough to see an animal that you are upwind of that doesn't see you that is a great privilege because now you actually see them behaving naturally in their environment and that is that is a wonderful thing to glimpse you know 
I just got goosebumps. Yeah, we're over here with goosebumps. I know. I love that you love nature so deeply Mm -hmm. because we, up here in Oregon, we're very lucky to have so much close proximity to nature. So it's just, this has been a delightful weekend for us with all the nature around. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I was brought up in a lax Roman Catholic family. My parents felt like they needed to bring my brother and I up in a Roman Catholic background because both of their parents were, you know, pretty religious and went to church every week. My brother and I and most of the kids from our school were a little non-plus with religion and I found it very confusing. I, I was brought up to question things and also, you know, know about how things work and suddenly there's a story that we're being told is quote unquote true that seems to go against a lot of kind of totems of science. So it was very confusing to me and I didn't spend a huge amount of time being focused on it in terms the only reason why I'm mentioning religion was because in the way that people believe or revere or fall back on or use religion as a support all of those Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. I do the same with nature if I'm if I'm needing something if I'm needing an answer or if I'm just needing to get back to a little sense of me or just to escape into a place that offers me guidance or knowledge or just to be in the moment nature has never let me down so it mm-hmm. has taken on board this kind of spirituality whatever, spirituality god type uh you know concept in my mind you know and i and I, it gives me the heebie-jeebies when people don't like animals you know i think that's a red flag of the biggest variety (laughs) personally yeah yeah Yeah. like for me specifically coming out here i was like i just needed to get away get fresh air do a little forest bathing where you walk around and breathe in that good air Mm -hmm. and just like i don't know it's hard to find negativity in the woods Mm. i think it's a robert frost poem where he talks about being inspired by a bird that a bird has never sat on a tree branch feeling negative about their life and drop down dead they will sing their heart out until they perish Mm. and there's something to be said for that beautiful simplistic outlook on life like you you simply do not see wild animals that often feeling sorry for themselves even if they are injured or coming towards the end of their life because they're just like i have stuff to do i need to stay alive i need to survive you know they're they're inspiring that's inspiring i love that so you talked about doing church stuff with your family was your family Mm. like into nature or camping or any of that stuff or did you i don't know summer camp how did you get so into loving outdoorsy stuff did that start super young Mm. yeah we don't have that kind of summer camp thing in england there's a lot of things that we don't have in england that when i talk to my friends from the united states they're all shocked by that i wonder if maybe they've implemented some of these things now because they've because of the Americanization of the world. But when I was going through school, there was no end of year dance. There's no prom queen. There's no prom king or whatever you call that. Court. Oh, okay. You guys have a real court, so you don't have to Jeez, make one up when you're in high school. It's fine. Yeah, yeah high school, they're like, you're royalty. And then we grew up and we're like, that was a lie. We actually yeah, it's so styrofoam scepter. We don't, we don't have that. We go to school. When you're in your last year of school, you take your exams. That's it. 
There's no like, woohoo, you took your exams, here's a celebration. You take your exams, you leave school, you come back two weeks later to get your results, and you're done. There's no slap <laughs> on the back. There's no congratulations. Our, our teen better. pregnancy and our dropout rate is probably so high that they're like, we have we, to encourage. Here's you to some go. breadcrumbs. Keep God. going. Just keep yeah. going. We'll give you dance. You know that thing where you get you graduate and you all throw those things that are on your head up in the air? We don't mm-hmm. need to do that. So the question that you asked was the nature thing. (laughs) My my dad studied biology at university. He became a biology teacher. My brother studied biology at university. He became a biology teacher. We were brought up in a household. And still now, if I go home, that watches everything that David Attenborough does, everything that Simon King does, every spring watch, every really wild show, every wildlife on one, every episode of Jack Cousteau's journeys around the Um. world. I it was my, you know, my mom and I both love period dramas, which is great. But my my brother and my brother and my dad have to sit down and endure episodes of Downton Abbey and Poldark and stuff like that. And then my brother and my dad and I like football, and my mom is okay with football, but she kind of has to endure it. But the thing is, a family that we all know that we can put on and enjoy was always nature shows. So I think mm. from a very young age, it was important for me to know the difference between a leopard and a jaguar or a female lion and a male lion. And my dad, without without kind of being crappy about it, my dad would always be challenging my brother and I, you know, what animal is is that, you know, is that a male or a female? What does it mean to, you know, to have these different things? Why does this animal have eight legs? Why does this animal have 10 legs? How good is this animal's vision? It was always kind of a, a little bit of a classroom when we were watching those shows. So I think that's where nature came from for me. Mm-hmm. My, dad, my dad's a very avid gardener. I've become a very avid gardener in my 30s, but my dad spends hours in his tiny little garden in oh. England. And I think he has a deep connection to, to the soil and to the ground, you know, so mm-hmm. a lot of it comes from my parents. I can relate to that. I have a deep connection to my garden. I spend lots of waking hours out there with she my chickens. She has a farm. She's like I a do. straight up mini farm, farm in the suburbs. Yeah. It's awesome. So good. <laughs> I grow yeah. all the food and I walk around with wine and a chicken and life is good. So (laughs) you say you grew up lax Roman Catholic, Mm. but then what I hear is science, science, science coming (laughs) from your household. So it has to be lax at that point. You're like, it was structured in a way that like, yes, we did the things, but then also that you guys, you come from a science science. family. I think that's so cool. Yeah. I just like, I know you you can kind of get into the weeds with things like this, but I, we went to a school where it was, where the religion that was taught us was, was very dogmatic, you know, and, and I would just whether it was my classmates or I, you know, we would ask questions of the teacher to try and get real answers. And the, the answers that we got back were just like, well, that's, that's what happened. And that's just what you have to believe. Yeah. You know, we'd be like, well, how, how, how does a man come back from the dead? You know, we don't, we're only 11 or 12 years old, you know, but sir, I have a question. Okay. I, I, ask me a question. How, how did he come back from the dead? No one's been able to do it before or since. How did it happen? Well, he was the son of God. Okay, I didn't really answer the question. Like, how? It's a fact. <laughs> right. So I, I found that deeply disheartening and, and depressing for me. And also the fact that the nuns and the priests would just would just drum it into you. Meanwhile, we're then yeah. walking into science classes and English classes and French classes where things are the things because you can understand, you know, the evidence as to how they got there you know you can create a chemical reaction between two elements and say this is what's going to happen and 
and show it. So I think the way that my brain worked was ask a question, receive an answer that makes sense so that you don't need to consistently ask that question. And with religion, none of the answers I got back were adequate for me. But with science and certainly the arts, I start to become inspired by those answers. I had that moment. Yeah, I so think we that's were, very relatable. I had the exact moment though, like mm. religion versus science in, in a church setting. Mm. So our family was kind of like, choose your own adventure, kids. Yeah. Nice. They're not going to take us to church, but we can choose our choice. Right. And, and they believe their beliefs, but they're not enforcing yeah. that we have to also believe. In high school, I joined a Christian church and, you know, small town. So we didn't, we didn't really have a lot to do. So it was like exciting because we did stuff with the church. It was really really fun. And it was, you know, mm-hmm. late nineties, early two thousands. And I was wearing a dinosaur tank top to Sunday school. Didn't even think about it. I just loved it. It was like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And the Sunday school teacher, she said, so you believe in dinosaurs and pointed oh at my, my thing. and I said, I do. And she said, okay, well, so can you tell me why you believe in dinosaurs? And I said, there are bones in museums and I can see them. I can touch them. Boom. (laughs) There's science to back it up. And I think that was the pivotal moment. She was trying to do it like funs for funsies, you know, Mm -hmm. like a little jab with her elbow. And that was the moment I think in my life where I said, I choose science. I choose science over pretty much everything. I can have a spiritual feeling and I can Mm -hmm. connect with things in this world. I don't have to believe the story that doesn't have bones in a museum for me. Bring Mm -hmm. me the bones. Show me the bones. Show me the bones. That's Mm. perfect. It's very strange though. It's very strange that you're talking about your experiences with church versus fact of story. Mm. Tell me why. And I'm picturing that Sunday school room of being like, oh my goodness. <laughs> that happened to me in reversey where they were like, you tell me why. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I, I have no agenda as to trying to convince people to believe what I believe. People can believe whatever yeah, they want. It's, it's, totally. it's none of my business in the That's same the way trick. that I can believe whatever that I want. I just, I've always taken ombrage to someone coming along and trying to push their beliefs on me that I spent years having a look at that didn't speak to me. So I don't mind if someone's deeply religious, that's great. And if they're a beautiful person, that's a bonus too. But like offering it to me, I'm just like, no, I've had a look at it. It doesn't work for me. So don't keep coming. Those shoes aren't my size, man. Sorry. (laughs) We have a friend that says she's spiritually promiscuous. Yes. That's my favorite. She was raised Jewish Mm-hmm. And she, you know, has certain things she's done with her family and she's grown up with, but she also takes from like Buddhist and Hindu, right. the things that make you feel good and the things that make Makes you sense. see the world as humans are good. Let's help them. Like all the positive things of all the different religions. She says she likes to take an element of all of them to just kind of be her own personal guide. If I'm taking everything good from everything good. Nice. Love that. And leaving all the crap behind. Yeah, it's so. like a buffet of how to be a great human. Yeah, so why yeah. not? I like I that. I mean, all these, you know, that the, the high level people in all of these religions whether that be muhammad or jesus or the buddha if you look at all of their lives objectively they're all kind of doing the same thing they're being nice to people that need help they're being kind to people that might not have received kindnesses from Mm -hmm. other people they're putting other people first yeah they're putting other people first they're treating people as they would like to be treated they're positive they're paying it forward. They're all kind of the same person. So I don't necessarily need. Yeah. People will ask me every so often, well, you know, where does your faith in humanity come from? Where does where does your understanding of right and wrong come from? And I'm like, that comes from common sense. That comes from <laughs> knowing what's right. Like I'm why if someone's if I'm at a red light and someone is crossing the pedestrian crossing, 
my understanding that I'm not going to hit the gas and drive over them is not based on a belief in God. It's based on knowing what is right and wrong. I don't mm -hmm. understand how you need religion for that stuff. Having a good moral compass, you don't need to have a book for that. Right. You could be able to govern yourself. No, I, I think it comes from an inner strength. Some people That's don't have too. the strong yeah, family you know, support right, system actually. and they don't have the strong ability to learn and retain information. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people just need a church to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Jesus take the wheel I don't oh, I can't I just can't <laughs> and that's, own, and that's okay like yeah. if you need the strength of having a community behind you that's what I think is beautiful in church yeah if it works for you it's, that's great Sometimes. and that and the sound of like oh I used to go to church camps in the winter time and the sound of thousands of youths all singing together I'm like there's nothing like it it's eerie and beautiful yeah. and I would just stop in the dark room and turn around and look at all these faces of all these people with those hands to the sky and the eyes closed so tight and they're just singing their hearts out. I'm like, this feels good. This is something, you know, this is an energy. I don't care, you know, what it's supposed to be shot at. I'm in a room full of this like crazy energy Positive of people energy too, giving yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Just giving yeah. it up. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about animals. <laughs> that we went to religion no, and I, I love, love it. Uh, we were talking about, you know, science and nature. You get to interact with all kinds of cool and exotic animals on Wild mm. Things, your show on BBC Which America. is so cool, by the way. I, I've always oh, wanted a nature show. Like I had a crush on the Kratz creatures guys when I was very young. Oh, yeah. Like oh, I'd yeah. babysit and watch the show and be like, I want to grow up and she must have date a guy a in khaki shorts that learns about the world. I just want it. I, I love it. I love the whole animal interaction and being able to travel and interact with stuff and you do it in a very way where i'm like i wouldn't get that close to that thing <laughs> you're brave as hell right. that's like where it, the gummy bear energy comes in where i was like he's a little crazy and i like that about him <laughs> uh, but what animal did you ever wish you had as a child and have you been able to meet one you have any crazy like animals on your wish list that you yeah. wanted when you were little i like that i think as a child without thinking things through you want more or i certainly wanted more of the fantastical yeah. animals mm -hmm. like i always wanted to have a black panther as your best friend you know because that just w wins every argument right yeah and and you know a raven on your shoulder is always a kind of fun idea power move yeah as I've got older and older, my responsibility has always lent towards, well, what is right for the animal? You know, am mm -hmm. I able to provide a better or at least adequate life for the animal? So obviously a raven sounds great in theory, but you need to give them a huge amount of outdoor space to, you know, literally spread their wings. And um, just are you offering them a good quality of life? It's the reason why I don't have a dog. It's the reason why I don't have a cat pre covid times i'm usually away from yeah, my house for, yeah for like nine or ten months of the year so having a dog would be incredibly cruel at that point so the animals that i keep are animals that can handle being away from me on the contrary they actually prefer me to not be around <laughs> they don't care that you're gone yeah you know like mm. a snake is pretty much like i i don't care who gives me the the food no just drop you're, it in you're, just, you're just the hand that drops the food in and then like you said they want to be left alone my brother lived in costa rica for a while which is a part of the world that i really like and i've visited to a couple of times doing wild things and i've gone so thing down there and had some amazing moments in the jungle you know one of my plans at some point in my life is to buy a place in costa rica and, and build a sanctuary and at that point you would probably or at least i would be in a place where i'd be able to have some animals that are a little bit more fantastical because you've got massive enclosures and places for them to run around it feels more wild. natural but then right. it's protected from humans Right. Yeah, 
But in terms of wild things, I mean, I had, you know, incredible experiences both on the land and in the water. I think probably the ones that are unexpected were the ones that get me the most because, you know, we went to Palau. We were looking for the world's largest crab, which is the coconut crab. Um, Those things are terrifying looking. Massive, like as big as a trash can lid, you know, and uh, they'll definitely take your thumb off if they're able to get hold of you. But, um, you know, in between some of those nighttime hunts for the coconut crab, we would go scuba diving in the day. And um, I don't know if you guys know what a chambered nautilus is. It's kind of a, a, yeah, relation relation to like cuttlefish and octopus. And um, they're beautiful. Oh, they're incredible. And they've been around for, you know, millions of years. Highly sophisticated animal super intelligent so we were doing a scene uh next to a coral reef kind of drop off wall and just talking about certain fish that we were seeing and suddenly out of nowhere out of the deep came chambered nautilus that came close enough to me that allowed me to like handle it and play with it and it was just kind of something i'd always read about in books and dreamt about and a bizarre amazing brilliant creature and that interaction lasted you know three or four minutes and then we had to go up and get air but it's it's the unpredictable moments that really kind of stay with me you know those creatures are so beautiful i had a book a long time ago when i was when i was teeny tiny it was basically it was like art in nature so it was macro photos or skeletal arrangements one of the most beautiful photos was they had a nautilus shell bisected so that you could see all of the coils inside the shell and how naturally artistically beautiful they are yeah lots of fibonacci sequences in that shell it's like a mandala inside of this majestic creature that's so cool Oh my gosh. Did you end up finding your coconut crab though? Yeah, we found (laughs) coconut crabs, which was really, really cool. Those are terrifying looking to me personally. Yeah, they they are very imposing. I think it would be very easy for me on Wild Things or any subsequent nature show that I do to tell stories of the animals that everyone loves because I love those animals too. I love tigers and polar bears and otters and donkeys and hares and rabbits. I love all the animals that we all love. But the the stance that I took was those animals are going to be okay because we already have invested an emotional (laughs) story in them. You know, we we love them. It's the animals that are the most vilified. animals that are the most ignored or killed or we're disgusted by that need our help the most you know all animals are important just because something might be scary or big or dangerous looking or have the capability to hurt you it doesn't mean that a they will or b that just because they can that you're now within your rights to hurt them you know all animals are are valuable you know it's i had this weird thing where you know like on instagram every so often someone will say to me whatever like i killed a spider today and i feel guilty what should i do or 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 i I killed i killed a trail of ants what should i do or you know there was there was a bee close to my car so i killed it how do you feel about that and i always just say why are we killing animals like why is would you do the same to a dog or a cat like probably not so why it was near your car like i see where he's coming from no <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to connect that little that, that disconnection. You know, that's fine if you want to go around killing these animals. Okay, whatever, but don't don't get it twisted. These are animals. These were at some point someone's baby, someone's someone's son or daughter. They're looking for shelter. They're looking for safety. They're looking for food. 
They're trying to stay alive. They're telling the same story that we as humans are telling mm. on this planet. So this immediate dismissal of, ooh, a spider, I don't like them, shouldn't then end up with the final situation of, I am now within my rights to kill them. You can move away. Yeah. You can move that spider away. But you're giving that spider death just because it exists? That's extremely yeah. extreme. We try to teach the children in our lives that they're more afraid of us than totally. we are of them. Right. Don't give in to your fear, especially with like bees. Mm -hmm. Somebody's like, there's a bee right next to you. How are you not jumping? I'm like, I'm sending it love. Yeah, I love right. the bee. Bees don't sting you because they are out hunting for humans. They don't give a crap about you. They don't acknowledge you until you like thing. sit on their life and right? then they sting right. you and they die. Like they're they're not out looking to die today. Yeah. You just yeah. just be yeah. chill. Everything's there for a reason. And even if it's so small and creepy crawly and, and it just makes you feel uncomfortable in your human skin that something can be so creepy crawly like a little alien thing and you don't understand it that's what it's it out there from. doing something right. you know right. what are yeah, you what have you done for the ecosystem today person <laughs> right. out there killing spiders that spider has probably saved you from mosquitoes and all kinds of other yeah. bugs just let it live in your yeah. house name it's, it yeah. it's actually a lot easier to repel them to, than to kill them if you don't want them in yeah. your house here comes put a nature perimeter Shan. i know here's, she's like here's my weird hippie here's thing, some guys. herbs that I you know. can use to no, seriously, I put clove oil in my windowsills mm -hmm. so that ants won't come in the cracks of my window yeah, if works. I don't want them in my home. But also clove yeah. oil smells delightful. Yeah. Yeah. They don't like those strong smells like yeah. peppermint oil. Peppermint oil. I still don't like peppermint oil. I learned. They don't. Yep. That's how I keep we rats got... out of the chicken coop is I put yeah. peppermint in it. It's smart. Yeah. yeah. The number one way you're going to you're gonna get hurt by an animal is if you try and kill it. Yeah. Uh, I always say that to people. I have a t-shirt question for you because I'm, oh. I'm now obsessed with your t-shirt that you had. T-shirt has... of the day. I know. I, oh, love yeah. I look forward to that quite a bit. Your headphone shirt is actually my new favorite now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's I like that one. Too. I like that, but it made me think about it. You have a cool knack for fun T-shirts and clothes and things, but when you're a kid and you have that feeling of like yes. getting new school clothes or going to get mm. like a new outfit for something, or if you went to church, maybe your folks like made you dress in church clothes, or maybe you got to mm. pick your outfits. Do you have something from childhood or something you put together where you just remember feeling like a million bucks because you were just dapper little dom and you're like this is what i did this is what i'm wearing well we had to wear school uniform at school so we were not, <gasps> right. we were not in a place yeah we were not in a place of being able to pick what we wanted i i think there's some at the time you don't like it but i think there's some benefits to school uniform because uniforms honestly it, it stops kids from being in competition exactly. with each other for the new shoes and also i was able to tie a tie when i was oh. 10 you know, and this, I know so many adult men that cannot tie, cannot tie their ties. Tie, That's which, true. Which yes. is a bit strange. Um, in terms of now, we didn't have to dress up in, in like church clothes. I mean, I'm sure my parents would be like, don't, don't, you know, don't pick the loudest outfit that you got for church. But we were not like forced to like get dressed up in official clothing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a T-shirt. I mean, I had a lot of like Star Wars t-shirt. Not a lot, but I had some Star Wars t-shirts when I was a kid that I that, that I you were manifesting for your future. Yeah. That's yeah. the manifestation yeah. there, bud. No big deal. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I have done that manifestation thing throughout my entire life, which is a really fun thing to look back on when it continues to happen. We have some spiritual spark with that kind of stuff too, so we can relate to that. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm a Manchester United fan. That's kind of a big deal for me. So I think like... 
wearing those Manchester United shirts. I mean, I, I wear them now when I go to the gym because it makes me feel stronger when I wear them, which is such a silly kind of thing to no. say, but it's, but it's totally true. I, I was always the smallest kid in my year. I was the smallest kid in my school at one point, and I never really was insecure about being small. But I think like wearing Manchester United shirts always made me feel like I'm coming to the table with a little bit of of armor like a shield so i think those shirts were kind of special to nice like pumped you up made you feel yeah extra you got the team looking out for you, you know? yeah. you've got those players yeah. looking out those shirts you. when they're new right they're they're fairly stiff right you got to break those yeah, yeah you like them when they're like then they're stiff do they feel i like them armor? yeah i like them when they're new and they're all kind of sparkling and then the more the more you wear them the more they'll i mean they're quite durable because they're obviously athletic yeah uh, you know but the more you wear them maybe the badge will start to slip off or the, i like when the sponsorship slips off but the badge stays on it's not like walk, walking around like a big billboard you know but also like you know I, i've been on holiday to a few places like specifically went to thailand twice and the only thing that i brought with me was manchester united shirts because it's the best way to make friends with people as soon as you're wearing a football shirt people want to come over and talk to you about their team or your mm-hmm. team or who you're playing next oh that's cool that. that's actually really smart that's like yeah, band t-shirts though too Here, that's like yeah band shirts that for works. me yeah anytime i've worn a good band shirt people either come up with very polarized points of view about that band but they're willing to tell me about it right. <laughs> and then that'll give me yeah. a starting point for stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah it does Ooh, well speaking of bands oh yeah your music musical band. you play mm-hmm. guitar do you play any other instruments as well i play a little piano but not very well not not well enough to um to kind of tinkle the ivories when there's people around but sometimes i'll play guitar when there's other people around i'm i'm like a natural mimic you know so i can i can mimic john lennon really well or van morrison really well or bob dylan or damien rice or david gray i'm like I'm really good at impersonating singers. Switch channel. Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Oh, no, no yeah. it's that I, thing of like, if you don't take I've it seriously, it yeah. you're more willing to kind of like give it all. I think and it's more, it's well, not do, me singing me for my voice it's like for parody. my band. It's a parody thing yeah. where I can, yeah, yeah. it yeah. feels We better. do that with like <laughs> 90s music. Like oh, I'll yeah. sing to my coworkers and stuff like that, but I'll, you know, I'll do the voice and they're like, you're so good at that. I'm like, I'm, I'm not good at singing. I'm just good at being Macy Gray right yeah. now. Just in per- it's like parrot yeah. fashion. That's why I'm good at karaoke yes, is because yes. I go in there thinking, okay, I'm not going to show people that I can <laughs> sing. I'm going to show people how much I can impersonate Elvis. And that fun. That makes it so much fun. Shannon does a rocking Tenacious, uh, Tenacious D. D. She does both parts of it. Oh, wow. And she gets so into it. She gets like scrunchy face. When and she's a doing girl all- doing that, most of the men in the room are like, what is happening what? right now? I love that. I love the dude. comedy <laughs> rapping at that point. Yeah. Oh, just... I do a mean rap too. Oh, I do she... like to do some some good. Oh, yeah. me too. I'll do like old, like cheesy rap, like Ice Ice Baby, oh, yeah. but I'll also do like Young MC and Jay Z and Eminem. And Boys in the Hood. That's like my jam. Oh, you know. Nice. How okay. unexpected. We should all just go. Karaoke I know. Now together. I just want you to come up here and karaoke with us. It'd be so fun. Yeah, I'm into karaoke night for sure. That sounds great. When Vigo rapped on Lord of the Rings when when most people rapped on Lord of the Rings there was a film crew there because obviously we'd been shooting for like two years so it was kind of yeah. a big deal when Vigo rapped on Lord of the Rings myself Elijah Billy and Orlando all sang him a Tenacious D song oh. on his at his rap party what? and then where oh it was I think it's called 
fuck her gently. <laughs> that's my that's my second song. Oh, uh, I love that's you. That's what we sang. So you, you can actually see you can actually find that footage online. Oh. The great story that Pete Jackson told us was when they cast Jack Black in King Kong and he came over to New Zealand, Pete Jackson sat him down and played in that footage before anyone else had seen it. And supposedly he cried. Oh my Goosebumps God. right now. I could picture that. You made Jack like Black he's cry. Delightful, isn't yeah, isn't that great? And I've seen him years later and chatted about it. And he's like, oh, dude, that was like the coolest thing ever. It's so cool, so cool. Got really oh my god, that was You're a mean Jack Black, by the way. That was good. <laughs> yeah, he just, just went like him. hard. He's like, I'm gonna go American, I'm gonna go hard, I'm gonna push it to the end of my throat, and I'm just gonna be super. That's Jack Black. Oh. That's his thing. Okay. Right? So, new plan the next time we go to Los Angeles, new plan, we are going to go karaoke. I would love for That's you to karaoke, do sure. Fuck Her Gently with whomever you'd like to yeah. bring, and then I'll yeah. get some Wonder Boy. And then we'll all rap oh, together. I love it. I'll just be Jason great. Derulo or Salt oh, and Pepper. Bonnie does love a good Jason Derulo. And I do a Jason Derulo. <laughs> I love it. That sounds like a great oh my idea. God, my face hurts uh, from smiling. I'm like choking and coughing. Hold on one second. <laughs> Bonnie's dying. <laughs> okay. oh, it made me laugh so hard I choked oh. on my own spit, which is I love that. You know, I mean, per the course for the high compliment. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a good indicator. Picture a band from your childhood. Oh yeah. You're number one. And mm. if you could go back in time with having a little bit of piano skill and some like guitar mimic skill and just put yourself in one of these bands, what Ooh. what group would you want to join? Well, I mean, my all-time, they're not from my childhood, but my all-time favorite band is the Beatles. So that's a different conversation to have. But the band that I grew up with that was very formative for me for a few different reasons was a band called Take That, who were kind of Manchester's answer to sync and the Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block. The boy band. Yes. We, well, we also got very Euro. Like, we, I love okay. Bewitched and I love, Secretly, like, we have some Irish bands. I was like, yeah. Oh, we're, nice. we're yeah. Like, Boyzone. Oh, uh, Boyzone. Boyzone, yeah. So Boyzone were a, were a direct reaction from Ireland to the success of Take That. Take That very quickly became the most successful pop band out of England. I mean, they had strings of number ones. They were from Manchester, where I'm from, which I obviously very much identified with. But, I mean, Robbie Williams came out of that group and Gary Barlow. But there was a... So it's a five-piece band. The smallest guy in it, who I was always small, and I obviously identified with being small and cute when I was a kid. The smallest guy in it was a guy called Mark Owen, who was kind of the dreamboat pinup in the group. Like everyone had their favorites, but Mark Owen is like, you know, got a cute little smile. He's got amazing hair. He's got great style. He's just like adorable and all non-threatening. All girls liked him. I obviously had some elements of that, but I identified. It's cherubic. Yeah, he's a little cherubic and, and small and cute. So again, Mark Owen was at a Lord of the Rings premiere in London, I think for the Two Towers. And I got a chance to go over to him and said and say, hey, man, like you're a huge reason why I'm here. Like you gave me a, a massive amount of Confident. strength when I was a kid to realize that you can still be small and cute and not the toughest guy in the room, but have something to offer. And I said, like, the fact that you represented that in the most successful group in England at the time really spurred me on and made me realize that I can embrace the fact that, you know, I am a little cute and I am a little sweet and I am a little cheeky. You are you know? that. 
You are definitely. And it was, a, it was a great moment for me. Oh, I love that. Oh, I will tell you that Robbie Williams is, okay, I have an actual crush on Manchester as a whole. Like, as oh, wow, the whole city. So everything about mm-hmm. it, yeah. And then Robbie Williams was also freaking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, Robbie's great. <laughs> so we don't like usually say, let our spouses Joe, do this we, yeah we don't let our spouses get in on this when i read shannon's text messages that oh, we would be interviewing you his exact response was oh fuck you he was <laughs> oh fuck you uh in like the sweetest way possible he's like i'm jealous but i don't do what you do so it's not like i you know i'm missing yeah. out on anything but also i'm like mad i'm not <laughs> i'm excited but i'm jealous he loves you oh uh, well that's sweet. he loves you and everything Oh, that's sweet. Well, say hello to him from me. He has a question, though, for you. Okay. So, behind the scenes, Lord of the Rings footage. He said there was a scene where you and Elijah would talk about how you guys would wake up in the morning and watch the New Zealand sunrise together. Mm. And that was a great bonding moment for you guys. Mm. He wants to know what you do in your modern everyday life that maybe has a same reflection in you of those New Zealand sunrises. Is there, what do you, what are those little moments you notice that give you that same like <sighs> big feeling? That's a good question. Yeah. And, and just to speak to that thing that Elijah said, and, and I'm sure Billy and I have both said it over the years, we worked six days a week on that film. It was a non-union film. So we also worked Saturday. So we only had one day off on Sunday. The Hobbits, the Hobbits were always first in because we had to go through hair, makeup and feet and costume. Oh my God, feet. I forget I forgot about, about that. Yeah, feet. And, and it was, you will never, you know, it's crazy. I mean, it started out probably a three and a half, four hour prep time. And I think they eventually got it down to like an hour and a half, but it was still significant. And then when we wrapped, we were always the last one out because they had to take off our feet very carefully and they had to take off our ears and they had to take off our wigs, you know? So we were pulling crazy hours and we were all so close. It happened quite often that when we wrapped, we would look at each other and say, okay, we've got like seven hours to like go home. It's going to take us an hour to drive home, have some food, look at the next day's work and sleep. Like very often we just say, well, should we just go hang out at Billy's? And we go to Billy's. Billy would cook up a bunch of food. I'd sleep on his sofa. Elijah would sleep in his spare room. Billy would sleep in his room. And Billy would just call the the film unit and say, hey, we're all at the same house. Come pick us up. Because we had so little time Mm -hmm. to turn around. We were always just like, well, let's just stay in the same headspace. So it would be beautiful at times for us to wake up at 4.45 in the morning or five to five in the morning and all just sit there and watch the sun come up. Nowadays, I mean, I, I meditate in the morning and um, that's usually after having a little tea or coffee. And, you know, the coffee thing has only come in my life in this post-corona mm-hmm. time, which is, yeah, it's crazy, right? I was, I was walking around the supermarket somewhere around about March uh, when it had all started and I was like, I'm going to get one of those chameleon cold brew. It's my favorite. Bottles of- yeah. I was just like, that looks like a very cool bottle. I'm a massive fan of chameleons. 
Let's see what this cold brew coffee is all about. The next morning, I came downstairs and I drank like a shot of cold brew like you would a shot of tequila. Mm-hmm. And I loved that kind of zippy, focused energy that I had. So I've started to bring it in more and more. And Billy Boyd has <laughs> kind of influenced my life in so many different ways. And I was joking with him a few weeks ago saying, you've ruined my life because <laughs> Billy told me to get one of those uh, espresso machines oh, that yeah. stand on the hub. He was like, mate, if you're going to keep drinking this cold brew and giving money away to the Chameleon Coffee Company, that's fine. But he said, if you want a really strong amazing cup of coffee, buy one of these little Italian espresso makers that you put on the stove top that, you know, creates a cup of coffee for you in five minutes. He said, you'll never look back. And he's just ruined it because now... He's not wrong, you know, Oh, it's amazing. It's a ritual at that point. That's what it's I like. It's a lovely ritual. It's aromatherapy is what I call it. Yeah, especially yeah. Especially when you do it real nice and it like a hot press on the stove like that. Yeah. I'll take a shot of cold brew for some quick energy and some positivity that way. Any Cold brew's great. So my, my, my Norman... My, sorry. My normal morning, as opposed to my normal Norman morning, um, <laughs> is to come downstairs and check in with my animals and my plants. I'm currently propagating about 40 plants on my windowsill, all in different levels of propagation. So I'm always checking in to see, do they need to be put into a pot? Do they need fresh water? Do they need to be put into the shade? So I'll check in with my plants and my animals whilst I'm making my coffee, drink my coffee, sit down, meditate. Usually in meditation, things will come up about how my day is going to look, what I need to be taking care of that day. And then I push through into, you know, just the, the improvisational element of anything goes throughout the rest of your day. But I think in the first hour or so, that ritual of how are my plants doing? How are my animals doing? Let's go through the coffee ritual, meditate, that's now become a little bit of a practice for me. I just want us to be neighbors now. <laughs> my, my morning is pouring a hot cup of tea, putting on galoshes with my pajamas, chickens, going out to feed my chickens, nice. take inventory in the garden and see what's happy, what's not happy. Talk to yeah. my plants a bunch. Make yeah. sure the bird bath is full and that I've got seed and everything. Nice. We would make great neighbors. I love <laughs> I think we totally would. I'm so lucky I have some... I have some blossoming, blooming, constantly blooming lantana in my front garden that the hummingbirds love. And just next to my lantana is a fountain and the hummingbirds recently found it. So now I'm getting massive groups of hummingbirds coming in to drink the lantana and also balance on my fountain and drink water in the hot summer months. So just watching those amazing little aliens come and go is, is an amazing experience. You know? Lantana is one of my very favorite flowers when we go to Palm Springs for work things. Up here, it's an annual. It's not a perennial. It doesn't come mm-hmm. back at all. Right. It's not even a, right. a tender perennial. It just dies every year. The hummingbirds right. go apeshit for that stuff. Yeah, they do. We have it, trumpet yeah. flower and honeysuckle and some variegated honeysuckle and things in our yard. But I love watching those little helicopters. They're so cool. Oh, they're incredible. If you have space to grow, green beans in your yard here's a fun weird garden tip for you Mm -hmm. get a pot you can grow them year-round where you are get Mm -hmm. scarlet runner beans 
have most delicious beans, but they also have red, vibrant flowers that are hummingbird magnets, and they're really good. Oh, really? And they're I'm writing this down. Oh, are you really? Oh my god! I will give you garden scarlet, tips all day. Scarlet runner beans. Scarlet runner beans, and they're they're just you can grow them up a vine. Beautiful, from a pot yeah, too. or a trellis. Yeah. Or I'm a nerd. They're my favorite bean. I grow them on a on an arbor. It goes up and over, so it's like a tunnel of red flowers and green beans and the hummingbirds go nuts it's like my weird little oasis it's so nice shannon registered her yard oh yeah it's as a sanctuary it's a national national yeah with the national wildlife federation it's that's amazing shannon good for you probably do it check off you have a water feature heck yeah nesting material nesting material what are the benefits of that just so you can say it or does it actually do something no i got a plaque i looked it up and realized we were already doing some of the practices because I enjoy having birds in my yard and Mm -hmm. I enjoy having bees and butterflies. I have a pollination area. I have my herb gardens mixed with really heavy pollinator type plants and flowers that benefit our bees because we have a lot of bees in the area right now. Thank Mm -hmm. goodness. But I realized I looked at the checklist just for funsies and I was like, we already have nesting material because I'm a weirdo and I get like cocoa fiber and string and I put it in a little bird cage off to the side so they can pick through and get their Mm -hmm. nesting materials. I like to watch them sort through it. And then uh, our bird bath was just getting lots and lots of traffic so i put in a few more just so they didn't have to share and then we had more kinds of birds come it felt really nice and then i realized we could register it and then it put us on a map there's more homes doing it to show the interest which also in oregon it makes a lot of areas where you would vote on wildlife conservation resources or maybe like taxes maybe some of that money would get funded into things that were more wildlife based if they show look at all Mm -hmm. these homes that have done this and there's this interest yeah this area is very concerned about conserving wildlife in the area let's protect these things mm-hmm. like these homeowners are yeah she had a so, big farm a huge farm oh yeah that was like four neighborhoods size behind oh, her house that was when taken she moved out. in yeah and that has been sold off and they're and starting developed. to do the quick build neighborhood type thing pleasantville yeah, it's thirty thousand dollar millionaire homes that are getting put up behind us yeah but we also have creeks and areas and things where homeowners are petitioning wetlands to- yeah, and they're, we're replanting with native species. We're working on with water conservation specialists, treating it more like a runoff, less like a reservoir, if that makes sense. Fantastic. Yeah. I love hearing these stories. This is the crap I nerd out about because I love this stuff. I want to see more tiny fish in our stream and less mm-hmm. garbage. Like it, it doesn't have to be so complicated. No, it doesn't. And like you said, just a body of water and a small amount of garden space that you allow just to do what it would do if you left it alone can harbor hundreds of thousands if not millions of animals that use that space on a daily basis you know i have a friend in the north of england who has like a relatively big space of land and he was able to create a lake in that space that a lot of birds came into and we were talking and he said what would you do with that body of water that's now suddenly arrived and i said you should look at the amphibian that is the most at risk in this certain area, like a, a a frog or a toad or a newt that we don't that we don't know about that's in danger, and introduce that into that area and see if you can create a little haven. So over the last few years or so, he's been studying newts, which I'm sure you guys know. It's like a it looks like a wet lizard in yeah. newt. It's really fun. It's like a salamander. We just caught yeah. yesterday. Our little red. Oh, nice! They're such beautiful little creatures. So he found out which 
Newt in the British Isles struggles for population growth and he's introduced them into this lake area that is around his property. So he's he's like saving those creatures as we speak, which is incredible. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, so good. God, I love good science people. Ugh. Yeah, me too. That makes my heart. That's like our friend Allie, right? That's oh. how we got to know each other is oh Allie. Gosh. Lovely Allie Ward. A mutual friend. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I think that's so it all comes back oh, to her seven degrees to Allie Ward. And that's you're never so going to meet someone that's like that knows her. That's that says like, oh, yeah, I met her, but she's not my people. Everybody no, 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 is, no, like, is like, she's a gem. Yeah, she, yeah she's honestly fantastic. just something magic. Yeah, she is. She's brilliant. And I mean, I know people who profess to like animals, but then when you get into the nitty gritty, they're like, oh, no, not bats or slugs or sharks. I mean, like dogs and cats and horses. But the thing about Ali is she is a card carrying animal lover. Mm -hmm. She loves every single animal on the planet because she's aware that all animals have value. And and she's a fantastic lady. She's very cool. She's our big sister, mentor. She's the whole reason we're doing this. She forced her (laughs) hand. All right. Do you want to go to this or that? I do. All right. I absolutely do. Would you like to begin? I would love to. Okay. Dominic, are you ready? Let's do it. This or that. Radiohead Mm -hmm. or the Beatles? Oh. Choose your choice. Oh, my God. That's brutal. That is brutal. That's um, a little uh, Hobson's choice. I mean, (laughs) probably the Beatles, just because they are my all-time favorite band. But, I mean, Radiohead are, are in the conversation for the top Radiohead makes three. you feel bad about choosing the Beatles and they're the yeah. Beatles. So that's yeah. Yeah. And Ra- Radiohead's, I mean, look, both bands' back catalog are incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. Radiohead's, you might be able to argue, lean a little further away from positivity than the Beatles True. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think in terms of musically, both bands are incredibly important and influential. And the fact that the, uh, that Radiohead are still making music mm-hmm. kind of made me think, oh, maybe I'll choose Radiohead because who knows? Maybe they'll make 40 albums instead of, you know, the, the 14 <laughs> that the Beatles made. But ultimately <laughs> the Beatles. I mean, I have the Beatles tattooed all over me, so it's kind of a big deal. I, like I freaking that. love the Beatles. <laughs> Reading or writing? Hmm. I've had an interesting time with reading this year with Corona. It's been it's been tough for me to concentrate on reading in a way that I used to. That's how I feel too. Hmm. It's tricky, right? I don't know what that's about, but I'm working. I feel like I can't. I feel like I'm wasting time that I should be doing something else. Yeah, okay. I've struggled to read this year in a way that I haven't ordinarily, but that's okay. I, I probably get more of an endorphin release when I write a poem that seems to be helpful for me. So I think maybe writing. Do you prefer sweet or savory? Mm. As I've become an adult, probably savory. I mean, growing up, I remember getting pocket money as a kid, you know, five pounds, seven pounds, 50, which is, you know, like 10, $15 type stuff and only spending it on candy. That was it. I didn't spend <laughs> it on I comic books. I didn't spend it on toys, just candy. And the fact that I could do that, like I can't eat that amount of candy nowadays and not feel wretched, you know? Um, <laughs> a sugar hand. 
Super is real. Yeah, it is real. That's not to say that I don't absolutely love eating, you know, sour gummy worms or gummy bears or jelly babies. Billy Boyd and I actually really bond on that. Yeah, we both love gooey candy. I order from the English tea store. Com. Oh yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I can get the little sweet treats from England. <laughs> I love it. Jelly stuff. babies are so good. So, so as I've become an adult, it's probably been more savory. The thing that I'm absolutely addicted to right now that I have to be careful how mm. much of it I eat before I put it away in the in the cupboard is the shelled wonderful pistachios, oh. but they're chili Ooh. pistachios. So it's got like a hot, mm-hmm. lemony, kind of chili tamarind mm-hmm. taste. Oh my God. I could eat a whole bag, but I have to be careful. Does your to mouth like tingle? That. So when you oh, you feel like you're done eating, the mouth tingle like 10 minutes later reminds you like, hey, don't you want more of that? Yeah, it's ladies. Next time you're at the supermarket, if you find it, because one, wonderful pistachios are all over the place in the United States. So See if you can find, because they, they do a smoked version and then they do a sweet, kind of like you know sweet and savory version and then they do a chili version the chili version is insane Ooh, i, I love a good shelled yeah. pistachio because then you actually like stop yourself from eating the entire bag maybe maybe yeah maybe um, <laughs> um sushi or dim sum um nowadays probably dim sum because i don't tend to eat that much fish that's not to say like people ask me all the time are you vegetarian or vegan and i always say well i I can't claim that because you know like every couple of months or so i will eat sushi or if i wake up one morning and and my my brain says to me you need some meat i will go get it you know but for the most part i'm i'm vegetarian or, or vegan so Currently, probably those veggie dim sums speak my language more. But I mean, there was a point in my life where sushi was my favorite food in the world. Mm. Go by boat or go by train? Mm. (laughs) Probably nowadays train, because I think I get the opportunity to see the world around me a little easier than on a boat that's not to say that i've not had some amazing boat journeys but more often than not on a boat journey you're surrounded by ocean and that's great and beautiful but there's not as much to see as when you're in a train cutting through the middle of a country and And trains tend to go lots of places that are through traffic via car doesn't go right trains will cut through like a weird mountain pass where you're like Oh, it opens up and you see. Oh, yeah. Just slow motion. Crazy red rocks. Serenity. Snow. Mm-hmm. I just instantly pictured the train ride to Reno. Reno. That little tiny yeah. trip is so beautiful. <laughs> it's really pretty. It's good. Early bird or night owl? Nowadays, I'm an early bird. It's crazy to think that those things change because I, even when I was doing Lord of the Rings, I was 20. Mm-hmm. three at the time i was known for being the guy that slept until 12 or one o'clock the next day no problem you know it's just <laughs> i could just do it you know nowadays even when i don't set an alarm i'm usually up around about seven in the morning so i think the early bird thing speaks my language more nowadays but if you were to tell that to a 25 year old dom he would slap you directly in the face <laughs> He just wouldn't believe it. Up all night, damn it. Yeah. I mean, artistically, I think the nighttime thing re- re- works really well. I probably, I feel like at least I've done my best kind of workshop on scenes that I might be doing in a project that I'm working on or paintings or poems, I think probably are 
achieved better kind of past mm-hmm. 11 or, or midnight. But I don't know. There's something cozy nowadays about going to sleep at 10 o'clock at night. You know, it sounds oh, I know. I know that's feeling that life. both of our souls right now too. But we're both creatives too. So we both have that weird midnight oil when it strikes, you just going yeah yeah if i'm working on something i can lose hours where i I blink and i'm like how is it three in the morning right yeah it's about that time it's time for the compliments compliments. Ooh, well done (laughs) almost (laughs) unintentional so you get to sit back and let these words wash over you oh so now just tell me about the format here am i just supposed to sit and listen am i able to like chime in or not <laughs> you can if you want you can I'm, do whatever you want oh you guys yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, just, it's just a feel good just thing. sit back and be like mm. <laughs> uh, it's a warm uh, you know, it's whatever whatever feels good to you or you know rebuttal it's, oh, it's we've had people try to fight their way through this too it's pretty funny <laughs> well i had to i had to teach my mom how to take a compliment it was it wasn't that long ago it was like four or five years ago did you shake i kept her saying say, to my mom say thank you. i was just like i was just like mom yeah exactly i was just like mom don't immediately come back with, oh no, I don't, I don't think that's true. Oh, I don't really. Do you think so? I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I just say, mom, it doesn't matter what you feel. Say thank you and move mm-hmm. on. That's all you need to. Do. You don't need to argue the point. Yeah. If someone says, I like your hair, don't immediately go, oh, I don't like it today. No, I don't like it. Just say, oh, thank you, and then move on. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I taught my mom how to take a compliment. Teacher, you are that. That's where this yeah. podcast came from is because exactly. Shannon and I swipe everything down. So if people said, wow, your hair looks really pretty, we'd go, you are that, right. <laughs> and walk away from it. It's a positive <laughs> Take your compliment back, compliment. sit with it in silence because yeah. I'm bouncing yeah. from the situation. <laughs> right. So Mrs. Monaghan, you don't have to take it. You just put it back on the person. Yeah, all right. <laughs> All right. So Dominic, you are such a grounded, real human. And I super appreciate that. You openly discuss depression, anxiety, and it's helping normalize this hushed subject in the mental health industry. You're using your platform to do something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that is super honorable. We're all just human and your openness and personal insight is really refreshing in a world where everyone's kind of expected to fit into a mold of perfection. Uh, Social media is just real bad at harping on that. And seeing someone that somebody idolizes just kind of come at it like, I'm a human, you're a human. Let's all let's all do this and let's think past human. Let's think of the world and you let yeah. people see you. And I think it's truly beautiful. Your love of animals and the earth is really powerful. And the way you speak about how it affects you and your soul, it makes my heart a little happier. Mm. It makes me feel more connected to you. And I think you're really silly and you're fun and you're playful. <laughs> and after getting to virtually hang out with you today, I honestly wish we were next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's carry on. I think you'd be my number one choice when planning any sort of adventure. And mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, thank you for letting us dip into your personal memories and for making us giggle and feel light today. And we use the term filled our cup so often Mm. in our life where people fill our cup and our cup was a little empty and you got us there but you are super cheeky and my cup (laughs) is spilling over i need to ask you can can we be best friends (laughs) (laughs) like real best friends that like play pranks on each other and send each other (laughs) mixtapes oh mixtapes remember mixtapes back in the day i'm gonna send you a mixtape that's titled feel good jams to fight winter blues (laughs) i love that all these songs you forgot you love i think like one of the things i've always been keen about with the position that i've been 
fortunate enough to find myself in is breaking the myth that once you, you know, become successful in your job or have some some level of success in any aspect of your life, that now everything is perfect. You know, we still, everyone still struggles with an issue here and there. I mean, you might look at, let's say, the life of Elon Musk or Bill Gates and think, oh my God, these guys are multi-billionaires. They don't need anything else in their life. They have everything. But that's not to say that Bill Gates might not wake up one morning and be in a funk and not feel great about his his yeah, whole personality and his mood. And his problems are his problems, you know. So I think I do a talk quite a lot in classes, in, in schools and in universities and stuff where I say to people, at the end of the talk, you know, put your hand up if you want to be a, a famous actor. So everyone puts their hand up. And then I say, okay, keep your hand up if you're not interested in fame, but you're still interested in being an actor. And quite a lot of people will put their hand down. And at that point, it gives me the opportunity to try and explain to them that fame is a byproduct of being an actor. It just comes along for the ride. And if you're honestly just interested in being famous, there are so many more easier ways of becoming famous than trying to be an actor because being an actor is being an artist and you should focus on that. The fame thing comes after it. And also you cannot focus on fame because as soon as you look at it, it disappears. It's like a ghost. It doesn't mean anything. It's a fickle friend. Right. Mm -hmm. You might get the fame, but that that's not the that's not the joy. That's not the happiness. Right. You you watch celebrities crumble and fall under right. it. Right. The people that crumble and fall under it are the people that are hanging on to it too tight. You just have to not focus on it at all. There is an extremely loud, strong narrative on social media that says, if you want to make sense of your life and you want your life to be better, become famous. But they don't explain how you become famous or what it means they just say just become famous and everything will be will be fine it's clear that if you look at someone like eminem's career you know when he was just marshall mathers trying to uh, start out a rap career he had his own issues he suddenly became the top selling artist of the 2000s and you think oh he's going to be fine no he still brings along with him the baggage from his childhood the baggage from his from his parents the baggage from his substance abuse you know it's not a solve all situation and i think we're in a very dangerous time in society where people think the way that i make everything okay is to instantly become famous overnight and that is a road to ruin right mm -hmm. popularity will solve everything right. well and that's what i like so much about you and so in that you're saying yes we can be best friends yeah. we're just absolutely let's do it that oh i love it we're best friends yeah. now yeah. oh my god okay I <laughs> I want to tell you that I already thought you were a very creative and very talented person before really lurking your Instagram and like looking at your most recent stuff, especially as inspirational. But just watching you be silly and weird, Bonnie has it right on the head. You are you're just a good human. But it's one of those things where when you put an actor on a pedestal and you already think that they're wonderful, you have that hope that you're like, I think they're a good person. Don't meet your You heroes. run that risk when you, <laughs> when you really reach out and you want to meet people and you're like, I think I would like them in real life. I think that they're a good person. You run the risk of maybe they're not. And I'm 
fucking delighted that you are you you are exactly what i thought you would oh. be talking to you and i'm so pleased that you're so down to earth very welcoming conversation and you're so smart mm. and being smart and silly is such a wonderful combination and you're just a joy to talk to and i'm so happy that you did this podcast interview with us oh. but also that we got to get to know you as a person <laughs> oh, thank you ladies it's very sweet it's a lovely lovely thing to hear on a sunday and it took me a long time to be able to take a compliment instead of consistently fighting back against it i think it's important when people are gracious enough to be kind towards you the very least you can do is say thank you and just receive it in the way that it was meant you know so i do appreciate it. it's a work uh, in progress thank you for everything hanging guys. out with two random sisters that was great fun we just love when humans are yeah, humans man. and just good Good yes. people, man. It's all about meeting good people and having good yeah. times. Right? We're going to go Ugh. a little bit later and feed this um, obese squirrel healthy <laughs> snacks that lives on the coast. It's His name true. is Chester oh, Copperpot. from the Goonies. So cool. <laughs> I named him. He's very big, but uh, let's Shannon like pet him. Oh, I, I do the bad of thing. Our He's already so humanized he that is. I'm like, you know what? I just put my hand out and if he wants to come put his face on yeah. it, that's fine. And yeah. he does it. That's and it's a, so cool. Yeah, dude. That's a little that's a little gift from nature. That's nature saying, I respect your intention towards me. And now here comes one of my little followers to say hello directly to you. <laughs> Dominic, where can all the listeners and yes, the please. people find you on social media? You got shows on, you got projects on. Like what would you like them to yeah. The place where I'm probably the most active is Instagram. My Instagram feeds to my Twitter, but since the whole Corona thing happened, I've been doing this Dom Isolation show, which is just an attempt to try and change the narrative towards positivity in these times. So I'm probably more active there than anywhere else. My direct messages are always open, which is how you guys sent me a message. I don't always reply to everyone, but I tend to read almost everything that's that's in there but in terms of the level that i expose myself on social media the highest level of that for me is probably instagram perfect that's awesome people Same. should be following you and checking out what you're saying because you've got a lot of love to give on the on the social media and just some light to yeah, share we're all so. in this together i agree <sighs> <laughs> I feel I was, I was honestly, so yeah, I feel really good. This is like, you just put me in such a, a, good mood. a nice yeah. headspace. Yeah. We're going to have a nice trip home from the coast. Yeah. I was honestly, I was really nervous um, because again, if you have a co-host in life, you tell them things. You don't <laughs> I wait. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And I told Shannon that she said, like, aren't you excited? This is so amazing. And I said, I feel like. <laughs> I just got woken up from a bad dream. I'm naked in class. And they said, are you ready for your final project in front of everyone? And I turned to my partner and they say, I'm ready. I've been ready for a year. And I said, I didn't even know I was in this class. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. It was a great surprise. I'm always, not that you guys were at this level, but I, you know, I, I, I've been lucky enough and I consistently at, at times I'm doing conventions, fan conventions to meet people. And one of the things that I'm, super passionate about if people show up and they might be a little nervous or they might be a little uh you know shy initially is i just make it very clear immediately that there's no big bells and whistles thing going on it's just me <laughs> yes i might have been in a movie that you've enjoyed or i was in a tv show that you enjoyed but now it's just you and me it's just a human being and a human being we're saying hello i'm a stranger to you you're a stranger to me yeah. Let's chat. You know, I, I'm very keen on like bringing everything back down to a normalization of 
just just because you're an actor, just because you're in a movie or a TV show that someone likes, that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't need to do your laundry or do your dry cleaning or go to the grocery store. We're all the same. Oh, and that's exactly why you're such a good fit for what we want to do. That's our outlook in life. At the end of the day, we're all we're all humans. And and there's got to be some kind of commonality there where we relate to each other human to human. It's not a platform. It's not a thing. I used to have a really like an awful example of this is if you're just feeling bad about yourself and you feel like you're having an awful day, remember that sometimes Lady Gaga or Beyonce, sometimes they get food poisoning and they want to die on the porcelain. They're staring at a spot in the wall going, I hate myself. Absolutely, We're all human and that's okay. Like I do feel bad about yourself. Beyonce has gotten food poisoning before. I guarantee it. It was diamonds, but yeah, Yeah, it was. It was diamonds and butterflies and rainbows were flying out of there. It was, it was diamonds in a an essential vanilla cloud. Oh, good God. I just love her. You know, I think the more enlightened people out there that are trying to do the right thing are acutely aware of the fact that you're hot for a certain amount of time and then you're not that hot later. Like Beyonce is a boss and a queen and she's dictated trends and changes in so many different things and she is an amazing person. Fast forward to 10, 15, maybe even eight years in the future. She's going to be a sassy grandma at some point. So I went to my agent's house on Friday night. He has a 11-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. The 11-year-old daughter was asking me about music that I liked and we were talking. And I could not find anything that she could relate to that I was trying to get to relate to. Because I don't necessarily like Taylor Swift's music or Justin Bieber's music or or um, what's his name? Bruno Mars's music. But I thought, well, maybe she'll like Ed Sheeran's music. And she was like, nah, nah, nah. And I was like, what about Beyonce? She was like, nah, nah, nah. She's way past that now, you know? So it's speeding up as well. Like she doesn't know who the Beatles are. She doesn't know about the influence of the Beatles. If you, if you fast forward another 20 or 30 years, the Beatles will be talked about in terms of the influence that they made on music. But a are people going to be listening to the Beatles like they used to? I don't think so. I just don't. Think I don't know. I freaking love Sergeant Pepper's, and I could listen we to that entire that. fucking Damn. album. Ad Across nauseam. the Universe came out, and yeah. I was like, "This is so Agreed. amazing!" Because I felt like that did another swoop for mm-hmm. generation. I feel like they're just going to have to keep remaking and retelling yeah. stories in a way that's new. There's so many to tell, you yeah. know. Yeah, and, know. and just incorporate the classics into it because that's the only way we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna keep history vibrant for these youngsters that don't understand but like think about even if it's just like a little pop quiz moment like do you guys know who is number one in the pop charts right now who sold the most amount of uh musical units last week i don't know do you guys know what won best picture at the academy awards last year i could probably get there but not currently do you know what i mean like we we are speeding up the way that we are ingesting art and culture it's now at a point where if let's say a really hot artist is consistently bringing out a song a day online and they do it for two weeks in a row and then they miss a monday tuesday wednesday all the kids are gone they're on to the next thing they're not interested you know you have to be relevant every single day I fear for where that's taking us in most art forms. Yeah. I do feel like we, we could love talk you. all day long, though. That's, I just I love you guys too. Honestly. No, no, I could tell something was going on there. We super like you a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so humbled. We're just oh, two shit. stupid 
sisters were going to get in a car and be like, pinch ourselves I know. because you're just, you're really cool. And the fact that you're like, oh, you know, that's whatever. Yeah. That's all makes you cooler. It just makes you cooler, man. Uh, exactly. I'm doing it. I'm doing it all on purpose. It's all a, it's all a ruse. Oh, shut up. Well, if you, you're a damn good actor, we already, <laughs> we already knew that about you. So, you know, well, you enjoy the rest of your awesome Sunday. Yes. I'm sorry yeah, you your team too. fell behind, but. Do all the juju things, I you will. know? I will. Fresh week this you week. got it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it to talk to you guys. Happy travels wherever you head to next. Thank you. Right. Bye, Thank Dominic. You. Bye. 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 If you can't believe what you just heard, you're in the same boat with us two sisters. We are still pinching ourselves mm-hmm. at the wonderful human that is Dominic Monaghan. We thank you for listening and sticking it through because – you know, we could have chatted with him all day long. It was a very long and fun episode. And we hope that you love him as much as we love him. Agreed. Thank you so much for listening and participating with the podcast. If you want to support us monetarily with your doll hairs, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month. Go to patreon.com forward slash you are that. And you'll be able to see the different tiers there that you can opt in for. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at no, you are that. Don't forget the no. And on Instagram, you can participate in guessing who these cute little baby pictures are. That has been so fun, for, mm-hmm. especially for this guest, because good God, that's a cute baby picture. Little freaking cute Ugh. little cherub. You can also join the fun in the you are that group on Facebook that we call the Yacht Clubhouse. You just go on to good old Facebooks and search you are that. And you can find our page where we post our guests, or you could jump into the clubhouse and uh, meet friends that are just like you. We also have merchandise for your bods, for your kitchen, for your household. We have classic stuff and we have some fun, spooky stuff that can be worn real talk all year round Yes, because nostalgia based clothing is our jam jam. Absolutely. You can find that at you are that merch.com. Boom. Boom. And if you wanted to support us with zero doll hairs and just some virtual high fives, you could leave us a five star review or a nicey nice comment wherever you are able on those platforms. We greatly appreciate that. It keeps us in the weirdo algorithm where folks can find us organically. We appreciate Mm -hmm. it very much. Thank you. Like, do you guys know why birds call more commonly in the early morning and into the kind of later kind of daylight? Mm. Is that their morning You've hours? got this morning chorus and then you tend to have this kind of dusk chorus. Yeah. It's why? Because, Is it food? No, it's because sound travels further in lower temperatures and low pressure. So birds will get up in the morning and just as the – Nighttime is turning into daytime. The temperatures are uh, about as clo- uh, cold as they're going to be as you're moving in today. So the sound will travel further, which is which is pretty amazing. You're so cool. Yeah, isn't that rad? But it's like that's a fun fact to pull out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. 
It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.